Take your liberty. I'm ready for the All Holy right. Spirit to do what he do. All right. Because he knows what to do. Are we on? Okay. First of all, I want to give honor to Pastor Al and to Carla. Because they don't know the magnitude of what God is about to do in this place. You don't. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for you. Get ready. Thank you, Jesus. Another thing, I want to give honor to my king, Jesus, my redeemer. Come on now. Come on now, the one who went to the grave for me. The one who buried the old me and resurrected the new me. I want to give honor to him who all the glory belongs to. All the praise belongs to. That's the one I want to glorify. That's the one I want to make famous, the lover of my soul. Hallelujah. You're talking about the soul? He loves my soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Another thing I want to say is do you know that you have inherited God Almighty? Do you know what an inheritance is? An inheritance is something that you have to wait for, for the one who's going to give it to you to die. Our Savior Jesus died. To give you God. To give you God and all that he is and all that he represents. You have inherited God himself. Glory to I said you have inherited God himself. But I also want to let you know that your God has been made rich because he has inherited you. We are God's inheritance, but he is ours. So if God lives in you, the God who created all things, and not one thing was made without this creator. We have no more business making excuses. I can't do this. I'm a loser. I am defeated. I am sick. I am broke. I am poor. Because when you put I am in front of anything, you're saying that about God. And God is not broke. He's not poor. He's not sick. He's not depressed. He's not sad. And you are one with that. Glory to God. The tabernacle of God is now among us. He's with us. He's in us. He goes with us everywhere we go. And we don't have to ask him to come anymore. He's here. I said, God Almighty is here. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you today 
for your mighty presence that is in this place. I thank you that the resurrected Jesus will be made manifested in this place today. And I thank you, Lord, that every eye will see, every ear will be opened to see you in all of your glory. Because, Father, when we see you, we see ourselves. We know who we are when we look at you, Papa. So I thank you today that you will speak through me and you will have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I guess I should have gave a plug for this book here. Anyway, my friend down here on the front row, before I was 40 pounds lighter, hadn't shed one pound, began to speak to me because I believed the lies that the enemy had told me for years. I believed those lies even after I was born again because I didn't know that I was one with God. See, when you don't know that you're one with God, you're like Mephibosheth in the land of Lodabar, where your knees and your legs are weak and feeble. You don't know that you have a place at the king's table. And my friend, she would say, Gwen, you're tall and thin like a palm tree. Who's she talking to? Here I am, almost 250 pounds, and I'm tall and thin like a palm tree. One thing about that lady right there, she will not back down from a fight. Because she sees me the way Jesus sees me. And Jesus said, everything about you is beautiful. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. Did I believe that? No, because there was plenty wrong with me according to my reality. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, which means reality and the life. It didn't stop her, though. She kept on. And one day the nickel dropped, like in those old payphones. Kaplunk. She quoted the scripture in Psalms 92. The righteous shall flourish like palm trees. This is a Bible study. And the Holy Spirit said, look up the characteristics of a palm tree. And I looked them all up, but I missed one. And a friend of mine in that Bible study dropped that dime on me. And she said, one thing you didn't get is that a palm tree drops dead weight. A palm tree drops dead weight. Like the arrow of deliverance, it went into my heart and I was persuaded by the Holy Spirit that I am tall and thin like a palm tree before I lost one pound. I believed it. And the Bible says, guard your heart above all that you guard, for out of your heart flows the issues or the boundaries or the forces of life. Your thoughts shape your life. And guess what? 
this old body says she believes that and begin to line up with the truth. I tell you, when God persuades you of something, you can never be unpersuaded. And he has persuaded this heart that I'm tall and thin like a palm tree. Okay, let's go a little bit further. Not very good at English. Prepositional phrases. Doing a sentence, a paragraph, a verb, an adverb, an adjective, a noun, a pronoun, all of that. Well, I don't get it. So she says to me on our walk one day, Gwen, when you get through losing the weight, we're going to write a book. I want you to write a book on your journey of weight loss. I said, here we go again. I haven't lost one pound, and she talking about writing a book. <laughs> I'm trying to get one victory, and she trying to bring me into something else. But I tell you what, this woman will not let go. This woman is God sent to me because she was seeing me through God's eyes. The weight was gone. And here comes that book. This book has my picture on the back of it because God said, why are you saying? That's why I'm telling you, we don't have no excuses anymore. Why are you saying that you're not a writer? You're one with the best-selling author on the planet. Do you know that the Bible has sown more books than any book you're one with the best-selling author. I said, all right then. You're going to have to write this book through me. And here it is. That very day, she's reminding me that that very day without losing one pound, I went home. And I wrote down the introduction to a book that hadn't been written yet. That is the power of believing you're one with him. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. What my point is, is that we have been made one with him. And it was not our doing. The Bible says it is of God that you are in Christ. I said, it is of God that you are in Christ. I want to read John 17. Father, I thank you so much for all that you have done in me. I came ready with my Kleenex because I knew he was going to do this to me. When I look at my life and where I was, I thought I was in the light. I received Christ in 1982 on a rainy, stormy July day. That was the beginning of my journey. And it wasn't until 1998 I got tired of religion. 
I got tired of going to church and seeing the same people come to the altar, 9 o'clock service, 11 o'clock service, and 6 p.m. service. And I said, something is wrong here, Lord. Your people are not getting victory. Something is wrong with what we've been hearing. I can't do this no more. And God took me on a journey of revealing Jesus to me. And I began to understand what I hadn't understood for years. Because I used to ask him all the time. I used to say, Father, why is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, why is it so important for me to believe that you raised him from the dead? Raising people from the dead is not difficult for you. You raised Lazarus. You raised Jairus' daughter. You raised the widow's son in Nain. So why do I need to believe that you raised Jesus from the dead in order for me to be saved? Now I'm talking about I was already saved in the church. But he's ready to convert us to the kingdom. And one day, he opened my eyes and he said, this is why you need to believe. I'm helping you believe that I raised Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. He says, you were not in Lazarus. You were not in Jairus' daughter. And you wasn't even in the widow's son of mine. But when I raised Jesus, the son of man, from the dead, just like you were in Adam, you were in the last Adam. And I raised you up from the dead with him. Glory to God. Do you know what it means to be resurrected from the dead? Your dead way, your dead existence, your depression. I'm talking about death, depression. I'm talking about being broke. I'm talking about being worried. I'm talking about your children going off after false gods. We're talking about death now. We're not just talking about when you lay down in that, that coffin and it's over. You died the day you were born. You started the death process then because we all died in Adam. And we was born into this death. But our Jesus, he says, I'm not leaving you there. You belong to me. You belong to me, Gwen. And I would never leave you in the death realm. So he came and ransomed us by going to this cross. But did you know, you were on that cross. Paul the apostle says, I have been crucified with Christ. He wasn't just speaking about himself. He was speaking about us, the whole of humanity. 
Because Christ died for the sins of the whole world. You died that day when Jesus died. Okay, let's read. Let's read what Jesus says moments before he goes to the cross. He says here, John 17, 20. Jesus is praying for you. He has prayed for you. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message, through the message of the apostles. I pray for them all to be joined together as one. Even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one, I pray for you to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me for the very glory that, I had, that you have given me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one. We're going to take a look at the word glory. And the Greek is doxa. And it means the view, the opinion, and the judgment. And in the New Testament, it is the good opinion that results in praise, honor, and glory. Jesus said, the glory, the view, the opinion, and the judgment that you gave to me, I have given it to them so that they may be one. And one is the same in nature and character. One is undivided, fused. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. We're thinking they're talking about marriage, but they're talking about Christ and his church. We're one with him. He says this before he goes to the cross. Now he goes to the cross. He dies this death. Paul the apostle is going around persecuting the church. And he meets the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he has his experience. And he received direct revelation from Jesus himself. I want to hear, want you to hear what he calls the gospel. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. I don't know why I'm looking up these scriptures in my Bible when I already have my notes. Thank you, Jesus. I guess he wants you to know that it really is in the Bible. I got so many notes up here. We'd be here till the cows come home. All right. I'll find it here. First Corinthians. I love the Passion Translation because it paints such a beautiful picture of our union with Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, the Passion Translation says, Dear friends, let me give you clearly the heart of the gospel that I've preached to you, the good news that you've heartily received and on which you stand. For it is through the revelation, where did he get it from? God. 
It is through the revelation of the gospel that you're being saved. If you fasten your life firmly to the message that I preached. He says, my determined purpose among you is to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I've taught you unless you believed in vain. For I've shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. So this message, this gospel is the heart beat. The heart beat. You can't live without your heart. It is of utmost importance that you get this today. Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold by the scriptures. I never heard the gospel. In all of my years of going to the churches, but one time a year. And it never included me. It only talked about what Jesus did. That's what it talked about. It never told me what this gospel can do in me when I believe that when he died, I died. He was buried. I was entombed in him. And when he was resurrected, so was I. And the day I received it, power, boldness, courage, fearlessness took over my life, enveloped me, knowing that I've seen him and I see myself. Because the Bible says in the day of judgment, when accusations are flying, you will be confident because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Accusations have no more power over me. Men's opinion has no more power over me. Lack has no power over me because I'm one with the resurrected Jesus. So let's take a look at where we were made one with him. Romans. I'm going to look it up because I want you to see that I'm finding it in my Bible. Romans, the sixth chapter, beginning at verse 1. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all. As a dead man passes away from this life, so how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? 
Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed or baptized into union with Jesus, the anointed one, was immersed into union with his death? Sharing his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of a new life. For since we are permanently, permanently grafted into him, to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. Out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. Let's go to Colossians. I love the Lord Jesus because he heard my cry. I wanted to know why is your resurrection, me believing that you were raised from the dead, important for my everyday life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Listen to what Colossians says. 2.13 through I'm going to say your union because if you have received the Lord Jesus you are one with him whether you know it or not through your union with him you have experienced circumcision of heart all of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished. For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means that we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. The power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grips, but now we've been resurrected. But now we've been resurrected out of the realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. All means all in English and Greek. Isn't that right, Pastor? All means all. That means your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. Glory to God. We are sin free. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And for we are forgiven of all of our sins. 
we are forever alive. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all. And they cannot be retrieved. Don't go digging around trying to find what you can't retrieve. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sins from you. He placed them in the sea of forgetfulness. Don't go swimming in. You might get lost. Glory to God. Receive that. You are forever alive and forgiven of all your sins. They have been permanently canceled. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Then Jesus, the one we're one with, made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse you. How does he accuse us? Well, for me, I have two children. One's doing well and one's in the penitentiary. How would he accuse me if you had been a good mother or a better mother then your son wouldn't be in jail? If you had to raise them right he wouldn't be in jail. You know, God gives you a word when the enemy comes to accuse you and to tell you his lies. God said to me one day when I was commiserating with the lie, you know, I'm a good parent and all my kids was disobedient. Freedom! Freedom! One word from God can change your whole perspective. Come on now. If you had handled your money better, you wouldn't be in this position right now. I'm talking about voices of accusation. He says, all of them have been canceled, silenced by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, I'm telling you, when you know that you were made one with him and his death, burial, and resurrection, you won't tolerate for one more moment the lies that the enemy wants to tell you. Come on now. How else does he accuse us? You're stupid. How could you say such a dumb thing? I have the mind of Christ. And I hold his thoughts, his feelings. 
and the purposes of his heart. Access denied. How is he accusing you? Recognize the voices of accusations when they come at you. Because the Bible says, Jesus stripped away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse you. And by the power of the cross is death. Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. Now remember, you're one with him. He always leads us into triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. You are not their prisoner. The, the accusing voices are your prisoners. Take them captive. In the name of the resurrected Jesus, take every thought captive, every thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and your oneness with him. Take it captive and make it bow in obedience to Christ, our resurrected Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We were made one in his death his burial, and his resurrection. Forevermore free from the condemnation and the lies of the enemy. Forever free. But for years, I was bound up not knowing I was free. Because I was bound up by the lies that the enemy had spoken to me. But the day I heard about Jesus and me, not just Jesus being resurrected, but the day I heard that I was resurrected with him. If any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Ding dong, the witch is dead. All things have passed away. And behold, all things are new. This is where we are. We are in the new. Remember not the former things. Forgetting those things that are behind you. And focus on what's in front of you right now. You are blessed. Blameless faultless, absolved of all guilt before God himself. Who can lay a charge against God's elect when it is God who did this marvelous thing for us? I said it was God that did it. The one who for years I thought was against me until I saw his beautiful face behind two words. So that he did this so that Gwen could have that. So that Gwen could experience this. So that Gwen, so that you can experience life. He did that so that we might be made free from all of the accusations of the enemy. Come on now. Don't live one more moment 
one more second. Mama, stand up and show your shirt. Not today, devil. Not today and not any day. After today, not today or any day for you. I decree it and declare it. So says the king. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. He says to me, Gwen, I'm in Chicago. I'm going to tell you this story. And I'm going to have my friend Connie come up. I'm going to tell you this story. We were in Chicago. This was two years ago. See, when God gives you revelation, it stays with you. It never leaves you. And she's up preaching. We had been talking about the song of songs. In the song of songs, the bridegroom is coming to the bride who, that's who we all are. His bride. We are the bride of Christ. Men and women alike. Just like we're sons of God, men and women alike. So don't get upset, guys, if you feel like you don't want to be a bride. Be the bride. Because then he takes care of you too. And when we sons, we rule and reign. We own this. Because God said he has, Jesus said all things that the Father has, they're mine. And if we're in him and one with him, what does the Father say about us? It's ours. So Connie is preaching. She's talking about the bride king going to the bride, to the Shunammite. And he's saying to her that you are my radiant one. And she's over here saying, but oh, I'm so dark. Don't we do that? I'm so dark. Where are you, Lord? And he says, but you're my radiant one. You're lovely and oh, but you're calling yourself weak. But you're even lovely in your weakness. You're beautiful. I'm dark. I'm ugly. Don't look at me. I'm hideous. This is what we do when he comes to us and he tells us who we are in him. And Connie was preaching and the Holy Spirit took me on the side. And he said, did you notice that the stars never told me that they're not going to come out tonight? And that the sun never said, I'm not going to shine. He says, but my man made in my image and after my likeness has the power to stop my word. We are the deciding factor. By the power of the Holy Spirit, who has been sent here for our advantage, that when he infuses us, he comes to lead us and guide us into all of the reality about who you are, about who God is. He's your Papa, your Abba. Your daddy. And I raised my hands that day, two years ago. 
And I said, Father, if you say I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. If you say I'm extravagantly rich, I'm extravagantly rich. If you say that every knee, my knee, is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess you as Lord, my whole family is going to confess you as Lord. Whatever you say about me, Father, I'm going to take you at your word. And from that day, when I hear him say, Gwen, when I walk through my whole year of my body betraying me, joints out of whack, pain, day and night, from my head to my toe, and I'm commiserating with that voice of accusation that says if you had taken better care of yourself, you wouldn't be having these problems. That's a voice of accusation. Jesus silenced that. But he came to my rescue and he said, Abraham considered not his own body, which was as good as dead. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in that body. And he will also quicken that mortal body. And make it alive. Okay? Okay? I'm, I'm rolling myself down the hallway of my house in a chair, one of them rolling chairs, not a wheelchair, but a rolling chair, them office chairs, because I woke up and couldn't walk. And he helped me get into the chair. If I could just get down the hall, I can get my coffee. That's what I'm thinking about. I got to have my brew this morning. And then I'm going to take some water back to the room with me and a little snack. So if I can't get back up, I'll have all my provision in the room with me. But as I'm rolling in that chair down the hallway, I hear, I raised a dead body from the grave. Your body is nothing for me. You're not dead. I'm going to get my coffee, rolling, pulling myself to get coffee, water, vittles. On the way back in that chair, I hear the same thing again. I say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. You say what, Lord? You said that to me going to the kitchen. I could have had the victory then. I got up out of that chair because he said again, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and he will quicken your mortal body. I got up out of that wheelchair with pain. Didn't say the pain left. With pain, pushing the chair and all my vittles back to the room. <laughs> I said, I'm going to church today. <laughs> I got in the shower, pain, can't hardly raise my arm to wash my armpits. I can't raise my arms to put some water on the fro. That's why I'm wearing fro's these days. Because I got used to it and it's easy now. Got dressed, started moving, moving, moving. 
got to church, got out of my car. I'm walking normal. I got up in church and I said, not today, devil. Not today. Because I heard the word of the living God to me that day. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I raised up a dead body. Your body is no problem to me. Quiet your mind when you're going through a storm. Because he can't speak to you when you are helter-skelter. You're my peace, Lord. Quiet my mind. Because I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. And he quieted me long enough. In between me, I'm going to make my coffee. I'm going to get the water. Go to the cup. Get this. After it was silent, I said to you again, we have to respond when he speaks. Because if we don't, we'll miss the miracle. Another thing he told me, and I want to say it to this body. One day I'm commiserating again. I'm telling y'all this because we do it. Don't look at me and say, you know, I got it all together because I don't. I have to rely on Jesus every day. Every moment of every day. So guess what? I'm commiserating with Jesus with some pain, some, something, something. Lord say, know ye not that you are not your own, but you have been bought with a price. And here go my slave mentality. I don't want nobody owning me. Okay, I'm tired of folk owning people. And you telling me that with my history, Lord? Come on now. You don't understand what I'm telling you, Gwen. Who fixes the house, the owner or the tenant? Like lightning speed, I understood. You do. He says, I am the one who is maintaining my house. And if there's repairs that need to be made, I'm going to make them. I said, Lord, you got a <laughs> My knees is bad. My arms is bad. My elbows all in turn. You got a big job. I can handle it. I'm telling you, when you hear the voice of accusation, he will always come and speak a word of deliverance. You may question it, but it ain't going to stop him. You may not believe him, but it's not going to stop him. Because it's the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, for it is God who is all the while, when you don't even know it, effectually working in you, creating in you, the power and the desire to do that which is pleasing to him. Connie, come up here. One day, Connie and I was walking in the park. And we were
we're talking about this death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's all we talk about. We talk about that and how we're one with him and how we have the mind of Christ. We think his thoughts, his feelings, and the purposes of his heart. We bathe ourselves. We immerse ourselves in this message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you will see it when you open your book. You will begin to see everywhere what the apostles proclaimed. From Peter on the day of Pentecost, this man Jesus, whom God appointed and approved, you crucified, but God has raised him from the dead. That's the good news. Because when he was raised from the dead, we were. Don't just put Jesus on the cross. You was there too. Don't just put Jesus in the tomb. You were there too. And don't just put Jesus and the resurrection bursting out of the tomb like you was nowhere around. You was there. Now, me and my friend, we're walking in the park, and she's in praying and saying, Lord, give me a picture of this. What it look like? And you be Jesus this time. Yeah, you're going to be Jesus because you are one with him. And I'm going to be me. I'm going to be the one that was covered in condemnation. The one that was covered in guilt and shame. I'm the one that was bowed down and broken by life. Like we all are. I represent all of humanity. And Jesus comes. I see him. And he it calls me to come to him. pulls me into himself and when he pulls me into himself then he and when he resurrected out of that tomb I came out of the tomb that's what he showed me. He showed me that we came out of the tomb with him. Do not leave yourself in that tomb. Do not think of yourself as separate from the tomb. Do not think of yourself as separate from his resurrection because his resurrection is your resurrection. And I'm going to close with Colossians 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus. May your word the power of the resurrected Jesus. Do your work in this place. Hear what the scripture says. Colossians 3.1, passion. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection. Two. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that is where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power honor, and authority. See yourself there. We have been raised up together with him, resurrected together with him, and made to sit down together with him in heavenly places. See yourself enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. 
your crucifixion with Christ has severed, severed, severed the ties to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. Beloved, now are we the sons of now are we the sons of God. We have his glory. The very glory that the father bestowed on him when he was baptized. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Here the father bestow that glory on you. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Here the God who doesn't change say to you, you are my beloved son, and I am well pleased with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. May your word go down deep. You said that we are to receive the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. Your word helps us to think on heavenly realities and your Holy Spirit has been sent to reveal Jesus to us. For when we see you, Papa, we see ourselves. We ask you to help us today. Help us to see ourselves as you see us. Help us to see others as you see them. And help us to see the world the way you see the world so that they may know that you sent Jesus for them too. Thank you for that. In the name of the resurrected Jesus.